Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We trying to behave ourselves on the story? Well, y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can hear, tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. It's Friday, and I'm back with a brand new episode of TGIF with your favorite co-host. We are here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest line, uh, headlines in the news and on social media. And later on the show, we're kicking off the Juneteenth weekend with former NBA All-Star and owner of Fixin's Soul Kitchen, Kevin Johnson. So stick around for that. Now sit back, relax, get you something to drink, because that's what I'm sure my, my, my co-hosts are doing, and sip this hot tea. Please welcome Al Reynolds. And Funky Daniva. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Claudia? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Hey, we color court. We didn't mean to do this. We did. We didn't mean to do it. <laughs> Look at us. Same page tonight. All right, now. What's up? So, um, Al, good to see you. I saw you last night. I'm out here in D.C. It's like Juneteenth weekend. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, 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 I drank early last night. Huh? Q, I don't know what's, Q, I don't know what's going on, but I'm um, jealous. I'm jealous. Uh, I don't know what's going on, Q, but uh, Miss Claudia Jordan had a little sparkle about her last night. (laughs) (laughs) Is KJ in town? She had a little sparkle about her last night, Q. Is KJ in town with her? No. Listen, so I am in Huntsville, Alabama for a Mm -hmm. Juneteenth celebration, but I'm jealous that you, Al, and James, y'all are out at all the events representing Fox Soul, and I'm stuck over here in Huntsville for the <laughs> Juneteenth celebration. Um, I am doing, I got, I got, do got a booking while I'm out here, and everybody's asking, oh, are you doing Love and Marriage Huntsville? Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, well, Funky, I'm going to be with both y'all this weekend, because tomorrow I'll be in uh, Huntsville Sunday morning for a play, Sunday for the play, so we're going to okay. have our drink out there. So drink with Al. We didn't really have okay. a drink, but well, I'm gonna be at park after this, Al. If you want to come up there, we'll be at park. Oh, you're going to the, the restaurant part, the park? It's like a whole tent out there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Q, let me tell you something. You know our boss man is here, right? For those who don't know, our boss's name is James. <laughs> so I'm at the reception, right? And I turn around and I bump into him. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> it's like my <laughs> boss is here. Am I the only one? That gets nervous when your boss is around. Yeah, I I don't like to be around when my boss is around, especially when alcohol is involved. And right. that is how I learned to drink soda water and roses lime when I'm working <laughs> from getting tipsy around coworkers and bosses. A shout out to the uh, the Juneteenth Honors event. I mean, Ti performed. Rick Ross, Carrie Hilson, Maxwell was honored. Omari Hardwick. And it's definitely black excellence out here. And it's, it, it was actually a nice show. So, And they gave uh, people upstairs free bottles of champagne. So uh, anyways, let's get on to the hot topic, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Now, the wait for a new Beyonce project will soon come to an end. Now, while many of the Beehive 
are, you know, in the rest of the world were sleeping last night. I'm sorry. Title posted the following tweet, Beyonce Renaissance, July 29th. And after uh, an after hours of, after that announcement, Beyonce posted an image of her cover of British Vogue. Now, are you guys excited for Beyonce's new album? What do you think Beyonce fans can expect this time? Al, let's start with you. Man, I just get excited in general. Anything Beyonce does is is exciting to me. I, I like. I'm excited that she gave us a release date. She hasn't given us a release date since 2011 when she did um, Sasha Fierce. In fact, in fact, most artists nowadays don't give you a release date. So I was really excited about that. You know, I was also excited that we learned that after six years, it's going to be called Renaissance. It's going to happen July 29th. And from what I understand, I've read a little bit of the article in British Vogue. It's going to be 16 tracks and it's going to be a mixture between dance and country oriented songs. So, hey, this is going to be good. Okay, cute. What do you think about this? You excited? So it's funny, right? Because my commentary as Al was speaking was I was getting ready to say I'm excited to know what her angle is going to be this go around because she always has a theme or an angle. Um, but now that you said dance and country, I'm not really excited. Um, I, you know what? I, I am a true R&B head to my core. I will, I will 90 slow. Claudia Jordan, matter of fact, me and my new boo, we was um, drinking wine the other night in the house. And Joe, I, had, I, put, I went on uh, YouTube and put in 90 slow jam mix. And Joe, I want to know video came on and hear your face go. I'm trying to hunch. And here you oh. go on my screen, just completely killed the vibe or whatever. <laughs> but that's what I, I like RB. So that being said, I want I want Beyonce to get back to that very first Beyonce sound from that Dangerously in Love album. I'm not gonna tell you that I'm excited about dance and country, but I am excited that we are getting a new project. Okay, yeah. I I but you know, I, I'm sure she'll put her own little spin on it. So I hope it still has remnants enough, enough RB, enough of an RB feel for us. But yeah, I feel you on that. Oh, right, Claudia, no, hold on, but you really did mess up the vibe. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. we, had the, we had the wine poured, like we had just got back from dinner. We so had, how did I mess it up? How did I I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's my coworker voice. Ah. Uh, Claudia looking at us. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Oh, it was like I was in a room with you guys, like a threesome? Yes, because we were playing it on the TV. We were playing a 90s, and I literally just put 90s slow jam mix, and the second song come on is Joe, I Want to Know, with you fussing with the dude, and then Joe offering you his phone number. So did it still go down? No, no, no. We went to bed. You messed it up. You ruined the night. I may have saved you, though. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the one. Maybe he wasn't the one. All right, y'all, we have to get into this. Uh, Today, after 13 successful seasons, the Wendy Williams show has officially come to an end. Sherry Shepard has been taking over Williams' hosting spot as she focuses on her health. Sherry paid tribute to the iconic television host at the end of today's show, but not everybody was happy with the handling of the series' final episode. Speaking exclusively to Entertainment Tonight, Williams' ex-husband Kevin Hunter said, I feel like it's a travesty on the part of Denmark uh, Mercury to have such an unceremonious departure without Wendy being involved. Now, it's the first time in the history of talk shows for this to be done, especially for a show that has been on for more than 10 years. And he continued, there's absolutely no reason why a bigger celebration 
that involved Wendy couldn't happen. Q, what are your sentiments? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Kevin's sentiment? Um, I 100% agree with Kevin. I 100% agree with Kevin. The only thing out there that's looming in the Raptors for me is, did they reach out to Wendy to participate and did she opt out of participating? That's what I want to know. It's just hard for me to believe that no matter how tumultuous the relationship might have ended between Denmark Mercury and Wendy, that somebody in that office wouldn't have found it prudent to say, let us at least reach out to see if she would be willing to participate in this send-off, even if it was a Zoom message or a tweet. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I think the most horrible thing they could have done for the introduction of the Sherry show was to have Sherry close out the last episode, considering the fact that they are trying to sell us on the fact that Sherry is not a replacement for Wendy, that it's just a new show that happens to be in her time slot. They have set Sherry Shepard up to be one of the most hated women in daytime talk, in my opinion, by sending her out this way. They should have let Michael Rappaport do it. They should have let Queen Latifah do it. They should have let a slew of celebrity guests that are near and dear Wendy do it. But Sherry Shepard is the last person, in my opinion, that they should have used for this send-off. Okay, great points. Al, what are your thoughts? I agree with you on that, on the Sherry Shepard send-off, for sure. Now, as far as what Kevin shared, I mean, he didn't, he didn't tell any lie. I think the only thing here is that unlike, you know, any other time in history, because that's what he referenced, that it's never been done in the history of a talk show. Well, never in the history of talk show has the, the talk talent been, been, you know, having so many issues. Like, who's been off air for so long and having all of these, whether it's dementia or health. So, you know, I would think that they tried to get a video recording from her and it just didn't work out. But like you said, I think I would have I would have taken Sherry out of the send off so that when she comes back, it's a fresh start. I, I saw some comments, I, uh, some rumors saying that they did reach out and Wendy declined and said, absolutely not. She would not be part of it. I mean, it just shows it's, it's further evidence that she's not happy about this. This isn't a happy passing of the baton by any stretch of the imagination. We don't think it is like I don't think anything anyone that's uh, been paying attention thinks that this is, you know, oh, it's just a happy thing. No, she's pissed. She's angry. She's she feels hurt that she how she's been pushed out of that position. And I think she thinks she can still do her show. Yeah. So why would you show up on the final episode if you feel slighted? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Gerard Carmichael believes that Dave Chappelle tarnished his legacy following the trans controversy. Now, in his new stand up special, Rothaniel Carmichael said, I'm tired of hearing it, Chappelle. Do you know what comes up when you Google, Google your name, bro? That's the legacy. Your legacy is a bunch of opinions on trans shit. It's an odd hill to die on. It's just kind of played. What are your thoughts on Gerard's comments, Al? What do you think? You think he's got I a point? I, 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 didn't, I didn't like him. I, 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 I thought that he was disconnected in this article. Um, I'm, I, I really don't understand what planet he's coming from. I understand that he is newly out. And I understand that his supporting the LGBTQ plus um, community in, in standing against Dave, but don't say that his legacy is tarnished. His legacy is tarnished right now if you Google him because that's what recently happened. But I just feel like for me, I, my feelings are no different. I support the trans community and I support Dave. My feelings are no different. 
uh, towards Dave Chappelle. I'm still watching his shows. <laughs> I'm still watching his sold out episodes on Netflix. And I just don't think that, that, that most people are going to say that this run-in that he had is going to ruin his career or tarnish his, um, his name. Okay. Q, what are your thoughts on this? So, um, Sister Carmichael, welcome to the fold. We welcome you. But sis, don't come in doing too much. Like, like, sis, we you ain't even went through LGBT orientation yet. All right. We didn't ask you for this. We understand that you're excited to be a part of the Skittles group, and we welcome you. We thank you. As far as it tarnishing Dave's legacy. I don't think that it's tarnished his legacy yet because his legacy is still being written. I will say this. Um, I do believe that Dave Chappelle has a wild hair up his ass for the trans community. And it probably would behoove Dave Chappelle in his next comedy special to move the hell on from the trans community. Because if not, it would be given a very little boosy vibe. But I think tarnished legacy is a very strong uh, phrase. And I don't think that's what Dave has done. I'm going to say this, when you're a celebrity, a personality, an artist, and you do a, t- a bunch of, you put a lot of content out there, let's not act like Dave Chappelle's entire career was about the trans community. It was not. He talked about a lot of things. He talks about what's current, what's trending. He talks about social issues. He was always like that, and he always will be. It just so happens that lately, that has been the trans news topics has been the topic of conversation, starting with the presidency of Barack Obama when he really pushed to, to extend trans rights. We've been hearing about it more often. And once he m- talked about it, he it, he was forever going to be linked to that. I don't think that it's, I think it's the people reporting on him and us talking about it. I don't think Dave Chappelle is just like trans, trans, trans all the time. But once you're linked to that, he almost, it, it, I don't think he, it, it was a deliberate thing. I don't think so. And yeah, Gerard, I do think that, um, relax. You're reaching. Yeah, it's, it's it's but you know again, again the test will be the next comedy special right like you've already you you did it in two specials and took all the smoke if you do it again in the third comedy special when there's so much other stuff going on then yeah it does prove that you have a bit of an antagonistic wild hair up your ass so all we can do is sit back and wait and see right mm-hmm. Yeah, but Dave, again, he speaks on a lot of stuff. And I'm like, there wasn't as much attention on some of the other stuff that he has addressed until this. All right, y'all, uh, time to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF after this. Hey, guys, welcome back to TGIF. Okay, now we have a special guest. And joining us to kick off Juneteenth is the owner of Fixin's Soul Kitchen. Please welcome Kevin Johnson. Hey, Kevin, how you doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. For sure, for sure. Now, Kevin, before we get uh, to your Juneteenth celebration uh, that is actually tomorrow, what can you tell us about the importance of the holiday to you? Freedom, freedom, freedom. A national holiday, something we're all proud of. We know how long that message took to spread around the country, but now we bold about it. So all around the country, there's Juneteenth celebrations. We're just happy to be able to do one right in the middle of LA Live. Putting a black flag right down in the middle of LA Live. You know, it, it's so funny that you said that, Kevin, because I'm actually in Huntsville, Alabama right now at my cousin's house, who for the longest time has been getting on our family saying, y'all put so much emphasis into July 4th. I've been throwing a Juneteenth party for the last four years and nobody came. And so I, I finally came up here. And this is actually my first time 
in real life putting any effort into celebrating Juneteenth. But as a foodie, Kevin, you went from being an NBA all-star to the Phoenix Suns to serving as the mayor for Sacramento for two terms, which is awesome. What inspired you to jump into the restaurant business following all of that? You know, to be, thank you for that. Uh, to be honest, once I got done being mayor, I was lucky enough to be mayor during the Obama, during the Obama eight years. So 2008 to 2016. So that was a great time to be a mayor. And when I got finished being mayor, I wanted to do some sort of business that was a black business. Uh, I'm not an entertainer, so I don't have that gift. I don't do hair or salon. I don't have that gift. But I felt like, you know, the tradition of cooking and soul food and my grandma's from the South and the Southern roots, I felt like we could do a really cool soul food restaurant where the food was good, the vibe was good, the service was good. You create a right ambiance. And that's what we set out to do with Fixing Soul Kitchen. I have no doubt like anything you do is going to be a success. First of all, to make it into the NBA, what is it like one in 500,000 athletes make it? And then you like, ah, I'm going to run for mayor. For mayor, and right. <laughs> and, and win. Of oh, the capital of the, twice, of the state. Twice, twice, one twice. Twice, twice. twice. get twice. it right, twice. And, and now you're like, ah, I'll do a restaurant. It, it, it's amazing. So I, I'm sure I have no doubt it's going to be a huge success. So what can you tell us about your restaurant, Fixing Soul Kitchen? Like, Hype it up. Let me hear what you got going on in that restaurant. What you what, what you serving over there? Uh, so number one, we serving uh, good chicken. So we do chicken and wa- we do chicken and waffles. We do catfish. We do oxtails, and then the sides we got collard greens. We got yams. That was a ki- uh, uh, chicken sandwich there. We got collard greens. Got yams. Got mac and cheese. Red beans and rice. All the traditional staples that represent soul food, and we just want to do it really, really well. We want people to come into our restaurant and have a more elevated soul food experience, but the prices are still affordable and accessible to everyday people. My goal is you can be a single parent mom, bring three kids in and have an affordable meal. Now, Kevin, let me ask you this. Y'all ain't gonna be on that after six o'clock. We out of macaroni and cheese. (laughs) We ain't got no collard greens. We closed on Wednesday, but open (laughs) on the, y'all ain't gonna be on none of that, are y'all? Funky, funky, I promise you. I promise you. Wait, wait. We're going to be open on time. We ain't, ain't, ain't going to run out of nothing. The service is going to be good. Okay. And the joint and the joint's going to be clean. I promise okay. you. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold Kevin, you to it. Kevin, as your restaurant is gearing up for this Juneteenth celebration, that's actually going to be in LA Live in Los Angeles, right? And LA Live is, is, is a big deal. What can the people expect to see at this event? So I think, Al, for us, you know, when we signed the lease to be able to do Fix and Soul Kitchen at LA Live, we one of the only black businesses down mm-hmm. here, number one. But number two, I, I talked to the landlords and I said, will you allow us to do a black event during Black History Month and during, June, and during Juneteenth? And they said, absolutely. So we're going to bring Fix and Soul Kitchen out to the plaza in the middle of LA Live. So you're going to see kind of like a block party, a day party. We start at 3 p.m. You go to 9 p.m. at night. Uh, you have to be over 21 to get in, but you're going to have DJs, great prog- programming, music. We're going to fix in uh, tasting stations throughout the plaza. We have a pop-up bar. It's going to be a beer garden. It's going to be a nice little vibe with games, pop-up shops, and all that activity. Nice. What a, what a great location, too. In L.A., when I first moved there like 20-some years ago, Denzel Washington used to have a restaurant in Melrose. 
called George's. And that was like yeah. the upscale soul food place. And then it went yeah. away and it, it was, it was like a void. And the fact that you got it there where there's so much popping and it's a great yeah. place for tourists to come through and the locals, we have a couple comments for you in the chat. Um, let's see. Jolanda Mill says, go ahead, brother. Henry Lester says, cool restaurant, Kev. And Lena R says, wow, I just ate there two weeks ago. I didn't know that was his restaurant. So people are already rocking with you. So um, Kevin, super exciting. This is amazing. Um, what can we expect from you next? Are you going to, do you have plans to expand and do more or are you just going to see how this one goes? Claudia, it's a home run question. Honestly, when I played in the NBA, I used to go to Georgia's, Denzel spot. So yep. I know the history of that. So we're here paying homage to all the soul food restaurants that were here before us. Roscoe's, Tasting Spoon, there's tons of them that have done well in the uh, LA area. But our goal is to open 50 soul, fix it, 50 fixing soul kitchens around the country. Oh, I think I want in. You need some franchise I was just partners? about to say, uh, let us in on those franchisee <laughs> opportunities and also waive that franchise fee. And I, me, Alan, and Claudia, we can pull our money together and do a little something right. else. See, that's why my brother can't get ahead. Y'all want to discount already. Right, already. Hey, before we let you go, Kevin, I want to just show the flyer one more time so viewers can see and make sure they support your event that's going down this Saturday. I'm sorry. Yeah, this Saturday, right? June 18th. Yeah, you're right. Saturday from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock, right in the middle of LA Live, Xbox Plaza, Fixing Soul Kitchen, percent. All of our LA soulmates, we need you to go flood Fix and Soul Kitchen and support this brother doing big things. And uh, yeah, definitely support. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you uh, stopping by. Thank you. One love to everybody. One love, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Good Once luck, again, if you're, if you're in Los Angeles this weekend, make sure to stop by Fix and Soul Kitchen. That's going down tomorrow and celebrate their Juneteenth kickoff from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time and support them. All right, we'll be right back with more TGIF after the break. Hey, soulmates, welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all, we all know how important sleep is to our overall health and wellness. Well, let me tell you about GhostBed, the best beds in the game. GhostBed is made by Nature's Sleep, an industry leader in the mattress space since 2001. Now, every GhostBed product from their mattresses to their sheets and pillows is designed with cooling features, so it's perfect if you sleep kind of warm. Now, shipping is free and fast. Most orders ship within 24 hours. You can try out your mattress for 101 nights with guaranteed money back and you even get an industry leading warranty for up to 25 years um i'm super excited about my order coming through because i sleep a little hot and i love the cooling effect of any product so i am definitely looking forward to trying it out and telling you all about it now right now GhostBed is offering our listeners 40 percent off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base or 30 percent off your mattress and two free luxury pillows now, I have a few GhostBed products on the way, like I said, and I'm super excited to get them. To find your perfect mattress, use promo code T at ghostbed.com slash T. Now, you don't want to miss out on those savings. Again, that's promo code T at ghostbed.com slash T. All right, y'all, plenty more tea coming up after the break. So stick around. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, fellas, let's get back into it. Now, as the September trial for Tory Lane's alleged assaults of Megan the Stallion approaches, Megan continues to express how she feels about Lane's. Now, during an interview with Rolling Stone, Megan said, I feel like you've already tried to break me enough. You've already shot me. So why are you dragging it out like this? Like, what else? Have you hated me this much in the whole, the whole time and I just didn't see it? And she continued, I want him to go to jail. I want him to go under the jail. What are your thoughts on this, uh, you know, continuous drama between Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez? Q, let's start with you. 
Um, at this point, I'm ready for both. I'm ready for it to be done. I'm ready for both of them to shut up. Um, you know, I know a lot of women in particular are on this whole kick about, you know, she shouldn't be silenced and that's her thing. And I completely understand that she had a right to do whatever she want to do with her business. But just as a consumer, I am tired of hearing it. If y'all ain't going to tell us who shot this woman or who threw a bottle at her feet or what really damn happened, then stop talking about it at this point. Y'all have us in this perpetual state of suspended animation. We have got, we, we have no more information today than we did the day she allegedly got shot. And all y'all are doing is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and the media stringing us along. Like, give it a break already. You know, there is a such thing as just being the bigger person and moving on. Um, his hairline, his height, and his music ain't been going nowhere lately. Meg, yours have been climbing, 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 and climbing. I love that new song, Plan B. There's just at a certain point, cosmically, you just have to leave things alone in order to go to the next level. And I just think she just need to leave this alone and just put it past her and move on. Do you think if you were in her shoes, if someone shot you, you'd be able to move on if people were doubting you? Like, if somebody shot me, they asked to be shot back. So this would be a conversation. <laughs> Noted. Uh, Al, what do you think about this? I agree with Q on this. You know, the more she talks about this issue, the more I don't want to hear any more about it. I, I really don't. The more she continues to talk about it, I don't want to hear anymore. So um, I have to say with Funky, I agree. And I don't think that she should be using all this great press coverage in, in these very big publications to keep repeating the same story over and over and over again. I think this one, we really found out that, you know, she had more feelings than she's led on for Tori. Like she's really still very upset with him. And and she was like, I thought you liked me. I thought we were friends. I thought we had a special connection. Now she's questioning the connection. Now she wants him to go to jail. And now she wants him underneath the jail and throw away the key. Like, what does she want? She wants him to be charged with what, attempted murder? I'm so confused. I just, I'm just not getting it. I kind of disagree because I, I, I always try to put myself in the other person's shoes. I feel like We've been mad at people for worse, for less than this, and been, been mad for a long time about people. We people be mad on in a, online about people they don't even know, and I feel like um, I don't, I I feel bad for her because at first it seems like a lot of people don't believe her still, and I think she's one of those people like Cardi that really wants people to like no believe me or uh, you know get uh, stop misunderstanding me, and I don't know how I'd feel if I got hurt by someone that I thought was my, my a close person to me. And then it kept dragging on. Like, maybe she reads comments. I don't know. It ain't about us being sick of it, though. It's about really about her and him. I'm I'm just not understanding, Claudia. What has been so hard about putting a button on this? Right. Like, like, like that's the part that has me so confused and so frustrated. Y'all are in court. Did he shoot the damn girl or not? Like, have we reached a conclusion yet? What is the evidence saying? Like, like, well, isn't was- the trial in September? So we, we have to- in September. We, so I think it's it sucks because the court of public opinion has tried it, and it's probably something she can't say. Both of them. So we're going through it, but they haven't gotten to really got it. So you know what I mean? Here's my evidence. So we can only drop little things here and there. Which sucks for us. Probably because we have to keep hearing it. Right. Okay. I get it. But like well, her depositions, her depositions have been taken. His depositions have been taken. Right now, it's just it has to go in front of a jury. I mean, I don't know. 
I just I want to see something better. I want to see something different than this story between these two. And and then also we learned in this article that the girlfriend is not talking to Megan either, and she's not necessarily coming to Megan's defense. Yeah, there's there's definitely more to it. And I, I don't know. I just feel like with celebrities, a lot of times, you know, again, if it happened to one of us, I don't know how we would really feel. And I wouldn't want someone on the internet saying, can you shut up about it? I'm sick of hearing about it. Well, no, because I'm still actually heartbroken about this situation. I have people, like I said, I think if I'm being honest, that have done less to me that I've I've cut off or I've been hurt and I still talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't have shrapnel or glass or whatever's in her foot. I don't know. Megan, I hope you get the clothes you need, but I think she talks about it because a, a lot of people don't believe her still. Don't a lot of people not really believe her still? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, every celebrity has stands, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And then it, it, it doesn't help it that there's a, a, a supposed medical report floating around saying they're treating her for broken glass. And there's another one floating around saying they're treating her for bullet fragments. And we, as the internet and the general viewing public, we don't know which one is the truth and which one isn't. And I'm still just perplexed how the hell it was four people in one car and one foot, and we can't get one answer. The math just like that. <laughs> That's true. Megan, talk about this as much as you need, sis, and don't let people tell you that you need to shut up because this is your life. This is your. You story. know That's what? My- I you know what? I need Gail King, messy ass. Why <laughs> she can go get Kelsey? Gail King, people. Gail King, people. If y'all want to get to the bottom of this, go she get the Gail King. No, Gail King. She got the wrong person. The friend. She you gotta get friend. the friend. Oh, get and the, the security That's- guard. That's who Gail need to get. Go get Kelsey and the security guard. And I guarantee you, we'll get down to the bottom of it. And I'm going to tell you one, one thing one thing else, too. Judge Judah Shinley need to preside over the proceedings. <laughs> oh get down to the bottom of it. She actually would. She would. She would. All right, y'all. Let's get into this. Um, during the final uh, finale of Hulu's Kardashians, Chloe Kardashian went off about Tristan Thompson's despicable cheating scandal, Chloe said. Wear a condom, get a vasectomy, or don't F random people. In that same episode, Chloe talks to her sister Kim about how she doesn't have any regrets when it comes to her trying to make it work with the father of her child. Chloe said, I don't feel guilty. I believe in second, third, fourth chances for some, for everyone. I want someone to give me the same grace I'm giving them. What are your thoughts on Chloe's frustration with Tristan? And would you give someone a third or fourth chance in a relationship if they truly treated you badly? Al, what do you think about this? I, I I just one thing that I thought was really odd was she said get a vasectomy <laughs> as one of the options to mitigate Tristan's sexual deviance. So the way I kind of interpret that was in her mind, you know, she doesn't mind if you sleep around on her, if you're gonna go out here and meet all these Instagram chicks or whatever. What she's what she's dealing with or having the biggest problem with is the embarrassment of a child being created and it playing out in front of what would consider to them the world, right? In the American stage. So I don't, I don't, just everything about this is weird to me also because is it just me or are these celebrities that everybody wants to be like, that everyone likes, that everyone follows? Like, does no one use condoms anymore? Like, mm-hmm. is everybody just frumping and having sex unprotected and making babies and just living their best life? Are we back in the 70s? Yeah. What is going on (laughs) that she's actually saying, you know, get a vasectomy? 
Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. What, my issue with her comment was, I'm okay with giving second, third, and fourth chances. But, like, we saw, like, how you went at Jordan Woods. Where was the second, third, fourth chance? And that was over a kiss. Tristan say put his peen up in a whole bunch of people, making babies so there's no condom. I just feel like women and men, actually women, I'm going to talk to my girls right now. Um, stop being mad at the woman. Be mad at the man that lays in bed with you and tells you how much he loves you and he would never do this to you because he's in love with you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're still nice to Tristan and you don't exile Jordan Woods for like sitting on the guy's lap or whatever it was. I don't know. I just feel like you're making yourself look dumb. Q, what you think about this? You know what? My sentiments somewhat echo ours in the sense that, well, I'm, I'm going to actually tell you something. I actually gained a tad bit of respect for Chloe because her fact of her conversation about the use a condom or get a vasectomy implies to me that she's not as stupid as I thought she was. And she recognizes the fact that athletes and entertainers are going to go out and hunch other people. So to Al's point, mm. you know what I'm saying? She recognized that. I'm glad you know that because that's what comes along with basketball wife territory. You know, at first I wanted to judge her about the four, five, six chances situation. And while, you know, when you write that out on paper, it looks stupid. But I'm never going to knock any woman. I have a lot of female friends who do this whole, you know, um, I want to have the same last name as my child. I don't want to have multiple babies from multiple men. So I'm never going to knock a woman for trying her damnedest to keep her family together and to protect that whole fairy tale of one man, multiple children from the same man. I definitely think that was kind of Chloe's mindset, like, let me try to make this family work. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. All right, Chloe, good luck with that. I don't think we've heard the ending of, I don't think this is it for them. I think they're still, she's still, they're they going to get back together and break up. I agree. Um, yeah. All right, Boosie's back in the news again after posting yet another insensitive uh, message on social media. The post says, I need a retaining wall. 418 square feet by uh, 18. I'm sorry, 418 square feet by 18 around my new pool ASAP. What group of Mexicans have the best price for this wall? Money ready. Send number and prices to the DM. Is this post insensitive or what? What do you think? Is it always just trying to be funny or is he just like serious? Like uh, Mexicans do the most work. Is he just going with that stereotype? Q, what you think? So Boosie is dead ass serious. I'm going to tell y'all one thing about Boosie. Boosie is the most resourceful, ignorant mofo I know because Boosie will get on Instagram and anything he needs. One time he was in Orlando and he was like, I need somebody truck. Anybody who got a truck hit me up. He was having problems getting a rental car and he was straight up asking the fans, could he borrow somebody's van or truck for the day? I have seen Boosie do this multiple times when he needs services. We've got to understand Boosie is not the most cultured. He's not the most uh, intelligent. He's not the most in touch or politically correct. While this is offensive to the Mexican community, as much as the gay community has had to eat at the hands of Boosie, I I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he sat out to be intentionally offensive to Mexicans. I, probably where he's from, like many areas, they dominate in the area of construction and manual labor. And that's probably what his implication was when he said that. 
I mean, I live in Texas and Cali and they be, they are awesome. Awesome. And I'm not trying to be funny. Like I, I live in, in, in Atlanta and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive, but if you ask anybody in Atlanta who needs work, the first thing they're going to say is go up there to the Home Depot and get you some Mexicans that's standing outside. And I am not implying that all Mexican people do work, but that is just, but we're not going to pretend like some of them don't. Okay. Their culture and, that they, is- and, that, and that they don't be standing out there at the Home Depot willing to right. do work for cheaper than you can get American contractors for. So the, their culture is, uh, there's a huge emphasis on hard work and by any means necessary. And they are, the ones I've hired have been amazing. And we're giving a compliment here. Al, what do you think about this? And I, I, I agree with both of you. We can't act like we don't have these exact same conversations at our kitchen table. <laughs> I mean, he just took it from the kitchen table to social media. And the, the thing that I really liked about it is that Boosie's understanding his influence now because he posted it, but then he deleted it and he reposted it without the Mexican reference. So and then he went on Twitter a couple of hours ago and said, you know, Mexicans do the best work. And I think all of us, all three of us on this panel have had experience with Latin and Hispanic community. They are hard workers. They usually, you know, are more affordable. They hustle when it comes to this contract work and they do a good job. I'm going to say this. Some stereotypes are true. And they come from facts. They come from a, a repeated experience with the same thing. CP time. Of course, we're not all late. But in our culture, we have a tendency. The thing starts at 6. We're going to be there at 8.30. Okay. <laughs> Home see, Depot, our, I'm going to ask that Mexicans for the work. I'm hiring them before anybody else. Be mad you, if you want to. You, but you, they did my you, tile amazingly. You see how I asked the black man about not running out of food at his restaurant and about being open when you say you're going to be open because... Black folks, we do do that at our soul food restaurants. Like, it's so funny how a lot of stereotypes come from two things. Okay, of course, you know, and and we make fun of it, but then when someone else says it, we get mad. Like, you know, you ever be on the plane and they ask you if you want the chicken or the fish, and you want to say the chicken, they already assume it's the chicken, but you don't get an attitude because they already assume it's. But the answer is. The chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF after this. I love chicken. So, hey, soulmates, welcome back to TGIF. Let's get back into it now. During a panel at the American Black Film Festival, the cast of The Proud Family talked about wanting Disney to give Orlando Brown the opportunity to reprise his role on the show as Sticky. And we have a clip of that conversation provided to us by Alex Jackson. I believe in everybody getting a second chance. And, uh, and because he's just speaking, if Disney would open up and uh, give him a shot to come back on and stick it, you know, recurring, just test him out and this, that, and the other, it would open the doors for other things to happen for him because I don't believe in giving up on anybody. I really don't. Great point. You never know what might change your life. Sounds like Chloe. All right, do you think Orlando Brown deserves a second chance Q. I'm sorry. Let's go to Al first. Al, what you think? You think he deserves a second chance or has he provided him, proved himself to be too irresponsible and to have too many, too, too much of an issue? Too far gone? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely deserve a second chance. This was actually a very proud moment for me to watch. You know, I like that the cat, I like what the cast said. I like that this was a black ensemble of actors that came together and collectively got on the largest media platform that's on one of the largest media platforms in America. Well, actually, Disney's the largest media platform in the world. 
and 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 said and vouched for him to get a second chance that they believed that this brother deserved a second chance because they really felt like he was that talented and why not we gave Robert Downey Jr. a second chance. We gave Charlie Sheen multiple chances. We gave um, Mary Kay Olsen second chances. Drew uh, Barrymore, all these other great actors uh, were given second chances, even though they were dealing with drug and alcohol issues as well. So why not give Orlando Brown a second chance? Those are all white people you mentioned, though. <laughs> I, that's why I was making the because we don't, but we ha, we have a hard time giving our own a second chance a lot of times but do, do you right. think okay let me ask y'all this y'all seen the videos of him you know and and I, I believe there was attempts to get him help before when he was really on that stuff like he was be, talking hella reckless about Raven Simone about hitting it and all kind of stuff would you feel comfortable working with him Q what do you think about that should he get a, what, do you, what do you think are some people just too far gone First, I want to give a shout out to the proud Miami Carroll City graduate, Joe Marie Peyton Noble, a.k.a. Harriet Winslow, whose <laughs> voice y'all heard. We went to the same high school, Carroll City Chiefs. Um, that's how we do. Um, you know, it, 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 it's funny because my gut response was hell no. Like, I remember the videos you talking about, you know, Raven hit it. I think you implied that Nick Cannon and, uh, um, and you did something sexual at one point. I mean, it got bad. It got reckless. And quite frankly, some, you know, sometimes it can go beyond repair. But I will say God's grace is good. And I've mm -hmm. seen recent videos of this young man. I believe, I don't know if he's married or not, but he's got with this young lady. She's got him in the church. He seems to be clean. He acknowledged that he was a hot, hot mess. And he seems to have been on the straight and narrow long enough for me to say, yes, bring him in. Uh, if, we, if we're doing a 13-week episode, bring him in for five episodes. And if he act right, you know, next, next season, let's go ahead and get a man a full contract. Right. And like she said, it will lead to other things because he was a great actor. And, and we all deserve second chances. So should Jesse get a second chance too? Jesse Smollett? He yeah. most definitely should. Listen, mm -hmm. we all have to sit on ice yeah. for a little bit sometimes. There's nothing wrong with sitting on ice. Jesse mm -hmm. ass need to sit on ice, you know what I'm saying, for a little bit and cool off and think and recalibrate and, and get yourself together. And oftentimes when God puts you in those positions, it ain't even about your career. It ain't oh, even about your finances. Sometimes it's about, hold on, let me finish. Sometimes it's about other things that you need to get together. You know what I'm saying? Then come back and be whole in this space. Hey, Jesse, are we implying that Jesse was doing drugs? No, no, no just, just with a scandal. Jesse did some BS that oh, okay. messed his career up. You know what I'm saying? So he needs, everybody should be, no bad deed goes unpunished. All right? So yeah, you got to get your hands spanked sometimes. You got to go on timeout sometimes. And yes, Lisa, Lisa Sidney says, I think he's better and his music is fire. A lot of people are saying that his music is actually good. Uh, Kemi Bello says he already got off the drugs, y'all. And um, yeah, people uh, people saying he's clean now. So I hope he continues on his journey because to be such a huge star at a young age and then go by the way of a lot of child stars is so tragic and sad to see. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the story. Retired NBA player Jay Williams expressed his concerns about how the Black community views Russell Wilson. Williams said the Black community's real issue with Wilson is that they question if he's Black enough. Williams said, and to the whole authenticity question, he is authentic to himself and to who he wants to be. Now, they may not be culturally accepted by everybody, but yo, shouldn't we praise a dude who's an incredible stepfather? I'm feeling this. What do you think about this? And do you agree with Jay Williams, Al? Um, you know, I just feel like, unfortunately, the Black community views respect from a different lens these days. I think we respect him, but we don't really optically support him because he's not considered a bad guy. I mean, a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? You know, and 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 I understand what he's saying. There is an undercurrent of of respecting, you know, toxic behaviors for our athletes and our entertainers. You know, they're considered the man's man. But, you know, I would say with Russell, this is just something that I see when I look at him. The way that he treats Sierra like a queen, the way that he's just, you know, he comes across so polite and so so um you know deserving and you know having a great family you know just like everything he does like to me the two of them look like a perfect couple and i think a lot of the undercurrent here could be based in a little bit of jealousy because he is doing the right thing he is a great stepfather he is a great father he is respectful to his woman he's always been romantic and 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 he's loving and you don't catch him in these type of scandals sleeping around with no condoms and making babies and hitting ig uh, models up in the dm I, I listen i i find that to be very respectful i agree key what do you think you know, we, the woke community loves to say Black people are not a monolith, right? But we're not going to pretend like in, in Black culture, we act like if you don't drink red Kool-Aid, eat collard greens, and know how to do the electric slide, that you are not Black. I had this friend one time, she's a Black woman, and we used to always introduce her as our white Black friend. And she used to get mad all the time and say, y'all stop doing that. She was like, just because I don't, eat Southern food and I don't know rap music and I don't know how to do the Cupid shuffle does not mean I'm black because when I go out in the world, a white person treats me the same way that they treat y'all. And I think that's kind of what we're running into with this Russell Wilson situation. We, many of us as a collective, are used to Black looking one way. We're used to it looking like James Evans from Good Times. You know what I'm saying? Or we're used to it looking like Futures or James Earl Jones from Claudine. You know what I'm saying? And we're getting a different version of Black right here that's making some of us uncomfortable. And quite frankly, what it boils down to is many of y'all that question, Russell, y'all come from broken ass homes. You come from homes where you, you, ain't, you ain't seen your mama be loved, right? You come from homes where you ain't seen people being treated, right? You come from toxic homes and the image of him and Sierra in real life make you uncomfortable. And that's the real conversation that we need to have here. Quite has kept Russell, Russell Wilson to me is a throwback to how black men used to carry themselves before we got ratchet, before we started praising mm-hmm. the lowest mm-hmm. of the low, before we started like thinking it was cool to be dumb and ignorant and, and like purposely misspeaking, misspelling, sounding ignorant and dumb. Before we started praising the the the, the lowest of the low, it, 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 it reeks of low self-esteem as a culture to say, oh, this is black if you're ignorant. But when you're not, we equate that with being white. So we're going to give that to the white man like they are, they have the uh, they have the exclusivity rights on intelligence and class. Shouldn't we be like, yo, he's with us. You ain't black enough. 
because you use proper English. So we really are saying that we're not capable of, of, of elevating, but then these are the same people that want to be referred to as a king. And then you have one actually treating a woman as a queen and actually carrying himself as a king. And we're going to sit here and try to take his black car from him because he's not acting up, wiling out. Mm-hmm. It is so ridiculous. And then we say, we're not a monolith. But then if you don't do these things, like you said, Q, you're not one of us and you can't sit with us. Stop mm-hmm. doing this to other black people. Stop making black people feel guilty for being classy and intelligent and carrying themselves in the way that we should all be trying to aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Like it is ridiculous that she, the hate for Sierra is because she moved out from a future. Mm-hmm. So all these like future F boys that are like him, future lights, y'all feel some kind of way because I hit you in the gut because you feel that, right? You know, your girl deserves better. I, I really wish we can get away from that and start praising that. His blackness should not be in question because he's not ignorant. Mm-hmm. We should stop. We need to stop embracing that. We ain't, we ain't that. Agreed. I'm not that. Y'all not ain't not. that. Not All right. Me, um, oh, I hate that we got to end on this story, though. Um, in pot calling the kettle black news, <laughs> Georgia Republican senatorial candidate Herschel Walker, who has spoken out about absentee fathers in the black community, He's very vocal about that, you guys. Um, has not only se- uh, fathered a second child, but it's alleged that he's not even active in the child's life. He's talking all this smack. Now, for the people who don't know, in 2020, uh, Walker made offensive claims against the Black community by saying the Black community has a serious fatherless home issue. But he out here making fatherless homes. He said, I want to apologize to the African-American community because the fatherless home is a major, major problem. And he praised himself for acting like a father to some of those kids that had never had fathers. In a separate interview, Walker said that if a man has a child with a woman, even if you have to leave that woman, you don't leave the child like he did. Um, what are your thoughts on this story? They're saying that he has not played an active role at all and he's talking all that smack. Q? It, it, listen, it's very consistent with the Republican conservative hypocrisy. It is very consistent. It's talk down on those. It's do as I say, not as I do. I'm not surprised. Um, and I just wish somebody would just get some raid and spray this roach and just <laughs> get him. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how he even entered our political stratosphere. Donald Trump created this mess. Not everybody think they can be a damn politician. But um, it, it follows. It, it's pro- Claudia. It is on brand for the mm-hmm. conservative Republicans. It's on brand. Facts. Al, what do you think? Like you said, none of none of it surprises me. I think he's a pawn, to be honest. And it's funny, Q, it's not do as I say and not what I do, because I found that most Republicans, those types of Republicans that are always out here saying, you know, no trans this, gay that, fatherless kids, this, that, are the very ones that are doing it. They're the very ones watching porn. They're the very ones um, chasing after, you know, <laughs> everything that they say don't do. You know, it, it's funny that, again, that's exactly what they do. And I think their problem is fake being fake Christians. They think that's the way to get the Republican vote. So they parade themselves with these fake Christian values, but they don't live that life. They have nothing to do right. with that life except when they give a speech. So they find themselves in a conundrum because they don't feel that way. They like trans. They don't like father, being a father around their kids. And they have a lot of other issues, but they want to act perfect for that vote. All right. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for getting through all these hot topics. And thanks to Kevin Johnson for joining us. Stick around for the house that's coming up next. Have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next Happy week. Juneteenth, soulmates. Take care, soulmates.